our programme for today, Saturday, with our speaker, Des T. Des is going to take um, about half an hour, 35 minutes maybe, um, to give us an introduction to the 12 concepts. Um, Des has come up from New York. Uh, I'd like to share with you that Des was a director of our grapevine for four years. He was also the New York trustee at our general service office for four years. And I've got a feeling he's going to talk a little bit about that in his presentation. Thank you, Des. Thanks, Peter. Um, I am Des. I'm an alcoholic. Thank you. And um, in thinking about the concepts, I just had this thought. You know, I remember going to uh, the, the Sistine Chapel in Rome and seeing Michelangelo's uh, painting of man touching the hand of God, God touching the hand of man. And it struck me that in, in a very real sense, what happens here in uh, this third legacy of ours, uh, legacy of service, supported by the 12 concepts, is that, you know, in the first, um, uh, the legacy of recovery, we have the 12 steps, which as somebody eloquently said this morning, is um, helping us or saving us from alcohol, from killing ourselves by alcohol. And the, the legacy of unity uh, preserves the groups from us. And what that third legacy does, the legacy of service does, is allow us, once we've been touched by this hand of a higher power and brought together in a unified structure, to reach out and touch other people. Because in a very real sense, as I think as we get into the concepts, you'll see that what happens is that it allows the voice of each individual person in the program throughout the world, as, as remarkable as this may seem, it allows that possibility of that voice to be heard. You know, um, a sound that was heard throughout the world, uh, that particular sound is the sound that the concepts which support the service structure makes possible. And what I'd like to do today and tomorrow with you is I don't want to talk about the concepts because I, I find that really boring for me to be talking about the concepts. Because what I really know is that if I ask you to help me reveal the concepts to each other, that you'll do it. It's an impossible task, but I mean, alcoholics are always up for impossible tasks. The other thing that's true is that you know more about the concepts because they're so tradition-based. Listening to, to Bill and Aviva here before, there's so much in the traditions that you're going to find that just move right over into the concepts that you already know a lot about the concepts. And it's a matter of presenting them and feeling them and working with them in a different way. And so what we'll have here, the sixth legacy uh, or Sixth Warranty, I should say, after the Twelfth Concept, talks about the freedom that we have here. Nobody can throw you out if you say you, you, you don't want to drink. You have a desire to recover from alcoholism. Nobody can throw you out. There's nothing punitive. There's, uh, nobody's going to give you a hard time. Um, some of the concepts talk about a right of decision and a right of uh, uh, participation. Well, we're going to experience those rights here. And the freedom to make mistakes, read the concepts, get them right, get them wrong, talk about them with each other. So the way I'd like to do that 
uh, right now, to start it, for about, uh, oh, probably five minutes, uh, would be, I'm going to ask you to count off just around the room. There's about 22, 24, 25 of us here. And just remember the other person in the room who says your, num- who says your number, because that's going to be the group. And you can talk about each of the concepts. Each group will talk about one of the concepts. And then, after you've done that for about five minutes, I'm going to ask whoever is your spokesperson to come up to this mic, because Glenn needs this mic to keep it recording, and talk about what you discussed. Anything you want. It's impossible to make a mistake. It's just to get it really going and thinking about it. And I have some suggestions in terms of the way... And you all have this, this little pamphlet in your, uh, in your books, or enough of you probably have it so you can share it. You have it in your folders. prepared a little, uh, a few questions here to help you start your discussion and help you focus. You don't really have to answer any of these. You don't have to talk about any of these. You can talk about anything you want as long as it's on the concept and you're willing to come up and share that with the rest of the, the group here. But anyway, the, um, the questions that I had here were, number one, what's the meaning of the concept? Two, how is it related to, co- to recovery? Just to get your minds working on these things. Uh, three, give a specific example of the concept in action in your service life, such as it might be. Um, number four, how does it relate to the traditions? Number five, does it support the strengths? How does it support the strengths of recovering alcoholics? Number six, how does it minimize the weaknesses of recovering alcoholics? So these are some thoughts for you in terms of how you might uh, discuss these. Could you pass those out? Sure. So essentially now, we're going to count off from 1 to 12. When, you, when, when the person gets to 12, we start again at 1. And just remember the name of the, or the person who also says the number that you are. I know this is a little nutty, but this is okay. After 90 seconds, the hook comes out and you are defused. Now, you should know that all of us understand that it's impossible to understand the concepts in, in the five minutes and a 90-second presentation. But the fact is, maybe this starts a process, which will continue tomorrow morning, at least I hope it does, that will get you reviewing the concepts, because tomorrow morning, what I'm going to do is introduce the concepts a little bit more than I did tonight, and then... Ask the groups to report again on the concepts. Only this time, 
instead of giving you 90 seconds, I'm going to give you three full minutes. And, and I'll also help you at that point in that I will call on different groups in different ways. It will not be the same as tonight because I want to relate them to one another. And by listening to your presentation, we'll be able to do that. And um, I think you'll find it a very interesting way to explore the concepts. And maybe I'll make some comments in the middle of some of the things to share with you some of the experiences that um, I've been privileged to have as a, a director and a trustee by attending eight conferences. Because these concepts very much govern the way the conferences are run. So, and, and, and if, if we didn't have these concepts, I don't, think, I don't think we could possibly have a meeting of, uh, you know, delegates from all around the country and um, general service staff people, uh, general service board direct, uh, trustees, AA Grapevine directors, uh, AAWS directors, all of whom have different personalities, different drunks, drunkologues, uh, and some of them, some of whom are not even alcoholics, and um, come to any consensus from a group like that because the self-interest of the staff is not always the same interest as the trustees. It quite frequently is not the same interest as the directors. And the interest of the delegates from Flint, Michigan versus the delegates from New York, New York versus the delegates from Los Angeles, California versus the delegates from uh, Great Barrington may not be the same. They may see things differently. And yet, in a conference, you arrive at the thing we just talked about here, substantial unanimity. And how do you do that with all those conflicting, as it were, interests in a conference? These concepts, based as they are upon our principles of recovery in the 12 steps and our principles of unity in the traditions, are what makes it work. Because people are absolutely dedicated to these things. And they foul up many times and they, 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 they violate the concept sometimes in the conference. And I'll share with you some of those examples. But they always come back and say, gee, I, I, I blew this one. And they do it publicly at the mic. We, 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 sh we shouldn't have said that. We're going to change that. Can we change that now? And so, in the spirit of humility and self-sacrifice, people give up some of the things that they were, they, they, these were their, 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 their foundation stones. This is the way they saw reality. This is the way they saw the program. They give these up sometimes. Okay, uh, can we start with uh, concept number one? Hello, Andre is my name. I am alcoholic. Hi, Andre. But at this moment, to picture what I try to express to you, I am Bill. And I am looking for the foundation. I am worried right now because I know that if something happened to me, there is something who have to behold to what I believe in. And that is right the beginning of it. I may disappear tomorrow and we have to think about build up something who will rest for the rest of the program. I do have a huge vision of A, but I can do that alone. Stick with me and work on something, then we will be able to have a good foundation. 
I'm John. I'm an alcoholic. Um, on concept two, uh, it basically says to, to us, the group that we had, that the final responsibility rests with the group. What was concept number one, uh, Andre? We worry about True. But how did, how did he word it, Mike? The collective conscience of the whole fellowship. I mean, how do you express authority in the collective conscience of every single drunk? I mean, what a what a what an order. So this is where John comes in, and yeah. John is saying, yeah, and number two that, says what? Two says that uh, the final responsibility rests with the group, but they delegate that responsibility to representatives who go to to a, a, a more uh, an upper level, basically, at the central offices. Uh, and how it is related to recovery, in, in our estimation, is that it's an ego-deflating move so that one person or, or the people in the group just don't get too carried away. And uh, Bill wanted to have it that way also because he was also very aware of his ego. Uh, and, he, and he wanted to make sure that the uh, responsibilities were delegated to other people. Um, specific examples of this would be in a rotation process uh, where people would only be in an office or a position for a certain length of time so that they would not get carried away. Um, and how it relates to the tra traditions is that there is no absolute authority other than God, you know, so that people would, wouldn't be getting carried away with their own self-importance. Uh, it supports the strengths of the recovering alcoholic by reminding us that we're not unique and that we're a team here and we try to work together to get things accomplished. And only by that end do we get things accomplished, and that's by working together. Uh, it minimizes our weaknesses by spreading the power amongst us all equally so that we all have a feeling of being a part of what's going on and no one's actually left out and that we are important people instead of just people that have low self-esteem and feel like we're getting nowhere. Thank okay. You. Thanks, John. John covered a lot of concepts in, in that statement. The, the one specifically that Group 2 is dealing with, Group 1 said the ultimate authority is the conscience of the entire membership. Concept 2 is that the conference is going to embody that people elected who do all the things that John talked about in terms of rotation and participation and decision and appeal and all the rest of those things. Now, here we have group three, and what is that concept? Do I read the whole concept? Yeah, well, just, yeah, okay. just talk it. Um, this is about um, uh, a traditional means of, main, of creating and maintaining a clearly defined working relation between the groups, the conference, the AA, General Service Board and its several service corporations, staffs, committees, and executives, and of thus ensuring their effective leadership, it is here suggested that we endow each of these elements of world service with a traditional right of decision. I'm still not sure what this means. But, okay. um, Good. We'll so clarify. That, that'll, that'll clear the, up a little bit. That's the concept of honesty. Um, I think what this means is that um, there are so many different parts of AA and that 
um, in order to have it all work, certain people have to make decisions, and um, uh, and so you have the right to make a decision. Okay. Okay. Good. And you might be wrong, <laughs> and that's okay too. Um, how you don't have to answer all these questions, by the way. I mean, just answering one of them is plenty. For oh, that. okay. Well, I have. I can answer a few more. You got a few more? Yeah, I can answer. <laughs> the hook is a, the hook is rapidly approaching. Okay. How is it related to recovery? Well, uh, well, um, I think it's related to recovery because it touches on several of the principles and many of the steps, like um, the third step, faith and trust, and the fifth step of honesty, and seventh step, humility, and the ninth step, uh, step which is the principle of judgment and the 12th step, which is the principle of service. And all of these things come in when you, take, when you make a decision. You have to you have, to have all of these principles in, in, in the decision. Um, is my time up yet? Yep. All yes. right. Good. Thank right. you. Thank you. You get more time tomorrow. See, what's, what's going on here is we have the, the conscience of AA expressed in a conference. We have all these different people and, and groups in a conference and how do they relate to one another? These are some of the things that are going on now. For group four. I am Pat, an alcoholic. Um, concept four is the right of participation at, um, at any level, meaning within the group that no one is better than any other member of the group and each person has, a, has an equivalent vote or responsibility to the group. And as you, as you climb the pyramid, um, each person, each representative is equal to every other representative. And when it gets to the highest levels, whether you're an alcoholic or whether you're someone who's representing a position which happens to not be alcoholic, you still have the right to be represented. Um, how does that relate to the traditions? Um, no one rules. We're all trusted servants. When someone gets to some other level other than, than you know, an AA member, um, he's representative of someone else's opinion. And it, we carry that all the way through that nobody has a, a greater voice than somebody else. And uh, how does that Strengthen recovering alcoholics. It um, it gives us a, a feeling of duty and, and um, unity that uh, that each one of us is actually represented in in um, in the total picture. That my one point of view indirectly is represented all the way up if enough people agree with me. And how does this minimize the weakness of alcohol? Um, the weakness. There's the um, the feeling of isolation. You know, is somewhat lessened because um, no one is by themselves. Everyone is part of a total picture. Um, together we stand, divided we fall. Thank you. Okay, and now we have uh, group five. Concept number five. Here's another right that people have in the relationships between the various structural entities. Trustees, directors, staff, uh, members of committees, Alcoholics, non-alcoholics. How do you remember? As alcoholics, the 12 and 12 tells us our primary problem was human relationships. And you put all these people with the primary problem of human relationships with different interests together for a week in a conference. My name is Michelle. I'm an alcoholic. Concept 5 says, throughout our world services structure, a traditional right of appeal ought to prevail, thus assuring us that a minority opinion will be heard and that petitions for the redress of personal grievances will be carefully considered. The meaning of the concept is that we do have the right of appeal. As a minority, it, it makes sure that the minorities are heard and per personal grievances are carefully considered so that everyone has a chance to state their opinion, whether they are with the 
majority or minority. Um, how this is related to recovery, we AAs are pretty much rebellious types, and uh, we, we don't want to scare away other AAs because they may not be with a majority rule. So this gives everyone a fair shot at their opinion, and the minority is thus compelled to speak up with this uh, concept so that everyone is heard. Um, a specific example is uh, perhaps in a group going, uh, turning to a non-smoking meeting. This happened with my group lately. Um, we had some minority votes, uh, some smokers that did want the meeting to still be smoking, and they had to be heard. Um, they were pointed out so that they would speak up and, and give their reasons, and they were heard so they didn't feel neglected in this vote. Um, how it relates to the traditions, that gives us uh, common welfare. It, it brings the group together in unity so that everyone um, is not left out. Everyone is all together. How it supports the strength of recovering alcoholics, it helps everyone's self-esteem. Everyone is not felt less than anyone else. They're all included in the making of decisions. Um, how does it minim minimize the weaknesses of AAs? It helps us to put our wills aside so that we can be less pushy and consider other people's opinions other than our own. Thanks. Good job. Okay, concept number six. My name's Phil, and I'm an alcoholic. All right. First thing we found out is concept six has more letters and words in it than any other concept in this manual. Except number 12. Except number 12. Uh, basically, it's a general service conference. Uh, it describes more or less a board of directors, trustees, uh, governing entities within a structure. Uh, describes more or less removing responsibility from uh, smaller entities, just like a corporation would. And the meaning of the concept, uh, Linda and I just decided it was more or less governing practices for AA World Services, just to keep it brief. And how is it related to recovery? It removes money issues, for one thing, to a larger authority. It gets it out of the hands where it might cause desertion or dissension or a complete breakup of a meeting or a smaller minority group. Uh, giving a specific example of a concept in action, it's reference points for established rules, and it seems to uh, work quite well. How does it relate to the traditions? Uh, we put down, a, again, it maintains continuity. And how does it support strengths of recovering alcoholics? It promotes AA throughout the world, for one thing. It's a general service board that expands out just outside of the United States. Uh, how does it minimize the weaknesses of AAs? It's an overall reference and resource center for issues uh, and, again, reference point. Okay, good, Phil. Thanks. <clears throat> one, of the, one of the key things here in this, in this concept, which I want to underscore, which Philip did touch upon, is that it turns over to the general service board. That's 21 people, 14 alcoholics, recovering alcoholics, seven non-alcoholics. The active position of initiative to make sure that our world service affairs are handled properly. That's a key uh, thing to focus on because tomorrow when you come back and, um, is it Linda? Were you, were you the other member of group uh, six? Linda may decide that she wants to come up for her three minutes and talk about that particular part of it as opposed to some of the others and focus on that particular part. Seven. My name is Barry. I'm an alcoholic. Hi. Barry. Hi. And uh, concept seven, basically, as we read it, 
uh, takes this governing body, this uh, board, and, and gives it legal uh, ramifications we don't want. Uh, it allows them to, uh, to govern uh, and to protect things like our, uh, our name and so forth. It's related to recovery because it frees us up, uh, which none of us are lawyers. It gives uh, another body uh, a chance to do what it needs to do to, to protect us and us to do the thing we need to do, which is protect the alcoholic and, and, and reach him. A uh, specific example would be uh, the printing of another issue with Big Book where we would give all of our input. Without that board, we'd probably, I'd want 1,000 pages, you'd want 200. He'd want purple, we'd want yellow. And the board will finally make a decision based on what we tell them to do or suggest that they do. Uh, relates to the traditions, we felt in 8 and 9 where we have a board appointed specifically because it uh, does things that we are not capable of doing. Uh, it supports the strength of the recovering alcoholic through guiding the program with the big book and many other publications. and minimizes our weaknesses because we are not able to govern. Thank you. Thanks. That, that seesaw is a terrific example. And we'll talk some more uh, tomorrow. You might look about the moral authority of the conference and how that balances with the legal authority of the trustees. Um, number eight. This one is kind of a wrap-up. Yeah, big job there, Stan. My name is Stan. I'm an alcoholic. Eight really is a, a rehab, a, a rehash of the whole concept of the upside-down pyramid. Uh, it, what it basically tells us is that this, the trustees of the General Service Board have the right to delegate and, and execute in a general way the concepts of both the AA World Services, Inc. and Grapevine, Inc., and it really is, as the rest of the, of the whole program and, and the traditions and the steps, it's putting the right mortar and cement together to make this huge foundation. And it works. Uh, basically, it's not that far from Tradition 8, which says that uh, we can uh, employ uh, professional service people to help run this, but uh, ordinarily, generally, the trustees are non-professional non people. They're, they're elected. And uh, it gives strength to the program. It's like the traditions and the steps the part of the program is love, and that's what this whole thing is about. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Good job. And what it does also for tomorrow is talk about the relationship between the trustees, AAWS, and AA Grapevine, and how they function together. Because the AA Grapevine is an independent corporation, AAWS is an independent corporation, and you know who owns those two corporations? The trustees. You don't. The trustees do. And... The members of AA, as we define them generally, around, do not own those corporations. Legally, who owns those corporations are the 21 people, the trustees. Okay, number nine. Group nine. Hi, I'm Nancy. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Nancy. Um, we did concept nine. And it says, good service leaders, together with sound and appropriate methods of choosing them, are at all levels indispensable for our future functioning. Very nervous. And uh, safety. The primary world service leadership once exercised by the founders of AA must necessarily be assumed by the trustees of the General Service Board of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we talked about the meaning of this concept, that it's indispensable because without having good leaders, um, just starting with Bill and Bob, we'd have no AA. 
And um, how is it related to uh, recovery? Because without um, any fellowship, no one would recover. And uh, the example. Whatever you want. I'll just go through this. But the, I don't know, the, the an example of this having good leaders. Um, my my sponsor is a good example for me because without her showing me how to use the steps and to uh, reach out, um, I probably would have never been sober today. And uh, how does it relate to the traditions? Because it holds us in a in a group, um, bonds us together with our common cause of alcoholism. And um, how does it support the strengths of the recovering alcoholic? Because it helps them stay sober and live one day at a time with a daily reprieve. And how does it minimize the weaknesses of AA? Because this way we don't have all chiefs and no Indians. You know, uh, for me, I don't know. I need uh, examples, not advice. So that's it. Great. Thank you. Group 10. Hi, I'm Uriel, and I'm an alcoholic. Concept 10. Every service responsibility should be matched by an equal service authority. The scope of such authority to be always well-defined, whether by tradition, by resolution, by specific job description, or by appropriate charters and bylaws. Um, when you're filled with fear, you don't hear anything. Now I know how I was when I was drinking. I feel it all again. Um, I don't know what this means. Um, I, what, what it does mean, I hope so, to... Um, what I'm, I am getting here is, is that the responsibilities, they want them to be so, or we want them to be so well defined that we don't have a higher authority telling us how to do it. It's clear, it's simple, it relates to the program with Keep It Simple, um, it relates to my recovery by the well-defined steps in the big book, how it works, um, it's all laid out there for me. Um, and I don't need a higher authority in the program telling me that I'm doing it wrong or right. Okay. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, essentially what that one is saying is exactly what Muriel said in that each service entity, the, the, the corporations, the trustees, the staff, have defined responsibilities and authority to work on them. And they don't have to have people over them because we don't have any ultimate authority except the God. It's a very spiritually based program that we're here with. Number 11. Thank you, Des. I'm Bruce. I'm an alcoholic. This afternoon I was numerically teamed with Van. We're two recovering alcoholics. So we formed a new group called the Concept 11 Group. Van... Okay. Van is the chairman. I'm the secretary. If you, if you want to join, you can be the GSR. Our uh, concept deals with final responsibility, the role of the executive or the trustee. It guarantees the person who is the trustee to have ample freedom and authority to do his job as long as he does it well. More important, however, 
He should always have the assistance of the best possible standing committees, corporate service directors, executives, staff, and consultants. This relates to other uh, it relates to some traditions we heard about earlier this afternoon, as well as relating with some other concepts. It talks about the salary and compensation of workers. This relates directly to Tradition 8. It refers to the rotation, musical chairs, in which everybody has the ability to do or to learn how to do any job he is assigned. That's strictly Tradition 2. And we also keep in mind concepts four and five, the rights of participation and decision. I like to consider those to be the responsibilities of participation and decision for all participation here. Uh, concept 11, so far as the strengths and weaknesses of the AA program, uh, is an illustration. The higher you are in concept number, the lower you are on the inverted pyramid. Okay, Thank you. And number 12, group 12, concept 12. My name is Peter. I'm an alcoholic. Um, hi, everyone. Thanks, Des. Um, Sherry wanted to do the three-minute talk tomorrow, so uh, I got to do the 90-second. Um, concept 12, well, well, we see the meaning of the 12th concept as really being like the 12th step and like the 12th tradition. It really is a summation of all that he has set out in the preceding 11 concepts. Um, if you take a look at the 12th concept, you'll see that there are six warranties. What's a warranty? It's a form of a guarantee. Well, how is it related to my recovery, to any recovery? We see the warranties as virtually being a guarantee that AA will be here. If these service people follow the, if the service people follow the conscience of the members at the group levels within the framework of the concepts, AA will be here. A specific example of this concept in my service life would be money. In the six warranties, which you'll see on the last page of the leaflet, in the second warranty, they talk about money. They talk about prudent funds, prudent reserve. And you'll remember this afternoon when we, we had a wonderful talk on the seventh tradition. Um, Sharon and Jeff were talking about that. They were very clear about that. My own experience around money in both starting meetings and uh, my own sort of self-will in trying to keep meetings going has been very strong. How does the 12th concept relate to the traditions? We see it relates at all levels because it is, after all, a summation of everything that he set out in the concepts. We think particularly it does relate to that seventh tradition. How does it support the strengths of the recovering alcoholic? Well, the six warranties, when you look at them, show you that. The first one is... It won't ever become perilous wealth or power. We understand that. Warranty two, sufficient operating funds, but not too many. My 90 seconds is up. Okay, thank you. How does it minimize the weakness? It's cast in stone. Okay, good man. Thanks, Peter, and thanks, Sari. I think that we probably don't even need to talk about these tomorrow because we've got it covered. But just in case some of you didn't get some of those little nuances, we can spend the three minutes tomorrow with each group reporting. And what I'm going to suggest you do is think of some other questions you might have. These were just six, you know, you didn't have to just really follow these. Also, I'm going to leave up here for anybody who is interested a copy of the service manual, which has the long form of the concept in it. Does anybody else have a service manual? Another one over here. So we have a few of these floating around. I'd like to have it back when you're finished, but if you would look at it, 
it'll give you more ammunition and more information. Because uh, as wonderful as this is, and as impossible as it was to create, we created this on the, uh, on the Public Information Committee, as a matter of fact, after we did the uh, traditions and the steps. They didn't think they were possible either. The concepts, they figured never happen because they're so abstract. And um, there is this pamphlet, of course, which you have. I noticed also that there's one that Al-Anon has here. It's in the, there's a few of those in the back if you want to look at that. Give you another angle on it. It's not quite the same as ours, but it's close. So you have those resources, and um, I'm going to be around, and uh, there'll be lots of other folks around who just want to talk. I think the idea is just begin talking about them. And then what I'll help you do tomorrow, and we'll all help each other do, because you'll have thought about it a little bit more. This is maybe a first exposure for some of you. You'll have more questions, because you want to see how does this relate to the challenge that we have. The challenge we have is an enormous challenge. It is, it is, it is carrying the AA message to the globe. Concepts for world service. We are the trusted servants of that incredible message and that miracle that we've experienced. That's what we are. So we'll see you tomorrow. The concepts are the method by which AA comes to a consensus and gets your voice as the individual member of an AA group heard. So, the first concept talks about establishing the group conscience, the conscience of all the groups in the world. But in order to make that group conscience manifest, we have the second concept, which is the concept of the conference, which embodies all of the elected delegates, the trustees, the directors of the corporations, the staff. And in some senses, also embodies the trustees' committees, which are ongoing and active in the course of the entire year. In looking at the conference, you then move over to the twelfth concept, which are the six warranties. And the six warranties are essentially the constitution of the conference. It tells us that we have an organization which is powerless, doesn't have absolute power. There's checks and balances going on all the time. It tells us the conference must be prudent financially. There's no unqualified authority because everybody has a right of appeal, a right of participation, and um, a right of decision-making. The conference is to work in a spirit of substantial unanimity. So you can't just ramrod something through. On occasion, a number of AAs have been accused of being a Sherman tank. Now, I don't know. I, I, I failed to identify with any of those folks. <laughs> Van knows me too well. But the fact is that that's the way some of us happen to be, which is all well and good, because you have to go for it. Otherwise, nobody knows who you are, what you are, and what you mean. So what if you get cut off at the knees? If you can live with that, you're going to have much more fun in the AA conference, I guarantee it and have much more fun in life, too, in AA. In addition, there is to be nothing punitive. This is part of our constitution, as it were, of running the conference. Nothing punitive that can go on there. Now, sometimes, as I'll share with you as, as we go through these various presentations, 
Because what I'm going to do is give you five minutes, maybe I'll even give you seven, to talk as your new group. Elect your presenter, and then you're going to get three minutes to come up and present the various uh, concepts that you're working on. It'll give you a chance to review and collect your thoughts again. But, um, and, and, I'll, I'm, and what I'll do with your permission is, as you're speaking, I may interject some thoughts and some ideas and some specific examples of how it worked in one or more of the conferences that I had the experience of attending. And then finally, the final point of, of uh, the warranties in our Constitution for running the, for running the conference is that there's no acts of government. So, I mean, what a crazy, crazy conference. All the things that you would expect in the Constitution are eliminated by the way we set it up. And how does that happen? It happens because we're working from a spiritual base, from a spiritual principle, knowing that the authority that we're dealing with is an authority that will come here this morning, that is here this morning with us. It's the presence of our higher power. And in the conference, I've seen that power turn the conference around. They'll be heading in one direction, in a, in a direction of disharmony, in a, in a direction of being tendentious and argumentative, and everybody's PO'd at each other. And somebody will get up to the microphone and they'll say, you know what I'd like to do? Could we just take a moment of silence to remember why we're here? And we come back to the mic and all of a sudden you've got a whole new group of people. I've also experienced that in my personal life as, as, Janelle, as Janelle will witness here. You know, the two of us going at each other hammer and nail and you know one of us saying to the other hey do you want to pray and the other one saying no but I will and so we pray for 30 seconds or 60 seconds and then we go at each other hammer and tongue again of course no we change the whole thing is what happens that's what happens at the conference moving from there so we have the conscience we have the conference we have the constitution of the conference so we got 1, 2 and 12 I'm going to bring you up in this order, by the way. I shouldn't have told you that, so you could be in suspense, but anyway. Then, um, we establish, in concept number six, the General Service Board as being the leaders and the people who handle the initiative and talk about how they relate to the conference. In number nine, we talk about what are the qualifications of people at the conference specifically the trustees, the delegates, the directors, the need for leadership in AA. How, how do we cultivate leaders? What is the process we go through? What is the process you go through here to cultivate your own leadership? It's really totally out of your hands. I mean, I thought it was in my hands. It's not in my hands. It's out of my hands. It's the school of hard knocks, you know, coming up against one alcoholic, coming up against a system learning humility by being cut off at the knees, learning to come back from that and say, yeah, I was wrong, but so what? So you, you, were, you were wrong 20 days ago, and I remember when you were. <laughs> so then we've got to determine how do these leaders relate to each other? Because remember, the problems that we have as alcoholics are concerned with relationships. So here you've got all these drunks in a room together, 120 of them, 130 of them. 
in a big hotel room, and nobody drinking, and how are they going to relate to each other in an organizational context? And the way they do is with those rights that they talk about, the right of decision, the right of participation, and the right of appeal. So that everybody gets a fair shot. And somebody can get up to the microphone and say, I want to appeal this. Nobody can stop the, 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 the leader of the group, the chairman, the MC, as it were, my position here today with you. I can't stop you. If you want to get up, if you don't like what somebody else said, you want to get up here. I'm not going to stop you. You can get up. It's free. If you want to make mistakes, you can make mistakes. Nobody can be wrong here. Because what we're doing, what we're doing is we're going through this unwieldy, impossible process, which we make possible through the grace of our higher power, of arriving at consensus from totally different ends of the world. Our attitudes are different. Our experience is different. What we have together are these principles of humility, sacrifice, spirituality. These are the things that are the soul of the conference. We then move on and say, okay, the trustees are the leaders. How are they going to relate to the conference? What's the conference responsibility? What's the trustees' responsibility? And that's concept number seven. And then we talk about the trustees. How do they relate to the corporations? The corporations are independent. The corporations are run as a corporation. AAWS collects something like $10 million a year in selling books and literature. AA Grapevine collects something like $3 million a year in revenues. It's a non-profit, 501c3 legal corporation. And the board of trustees of those corporations are the overseers of those corporations. And the staff runs as a staff in the Red Cross, in United Way, all those places. It's the same structural organization. It's a legal structure. How do the trustees relate to that? So there you have concept number eight. And then number ten really collects it all together. It describes in great detail. If any of you in group number ten have had a chance to read the concept in the, uh, the service manual, you'll see it's, it's an enormously long section and talks about how all these entities work together. And then in 11, uh, again, we talk about the various conference committees that are set up and the trustees committees that are set up. AA is working 365 days a year, not just at a conference. It's working all the time. And what it's doing is having trustee committee meetings on public information, on correctional facilities, on treatment facilities, on cooperation with the professional community. All these things are going on in the course of the year on the trustees' committees. What happens then in April is that we have 80 delegates, pick a number, come in, and all these delegates are assigned to a corresponding committee. So if you come in, you may be assigned to public information. You may be assigned to corrections. And you get a chance to take the staff work that the trustees' committee has done for you in the course of the year. You get a chance to review that, discuss it, and it's your recommendations as members of the conference. And only delegates are on the conference committees. I, as a trustee, could not go to the delegates' conference 
Committee on Public Information, despite the fact that I was the chairman of the Public Information Committee for the trustees, I was not permitted to be there at that particular meeting. What they would have the privilege of doing would be to look at what we were recommending and say, that's a good idea, that's a crummy idea, I like this, I don't like this, I like this, this is stupid. And they go through and they come up with their recommendations to all of us now as the conference. Then as the conference, they say, look it, you guys did this, this, this stupid rap video, but you spent 75000 bucks on it. Now, we don't like it here in the Midwest. We don't like it. We don't know how you came up with it. But, you know, despite ourselves, it's not bad. It's really pretty good. We've got to admit that. So we're going to approve that. Now, they don't go through all that. But if I were a fly on the wall in their meeting, I'm willing to bet you that's some of the conference committee discussions that took place. So that gets approved. But then there's something else we did on traditions. And they're saying, this shouldn't be part of the Public Information Committee's discussions. Throw that one out. So we're recommending to the conference you throw it out. So you guys vote. All of us vote. So I, as the Public Information Chairman, I get one vote. But I also get a chance to get up to the mic. So I may turn the whole thing around. Or not. And that's how we come to the grueling process of developing consensus in the conference. So it's a fascinating and it's a grueling experience. What I'd like to do now, having given you just sort of an overview and maybe hopefully put some of those things that you're working on in, in a context, is, is give you seven minutes to break up into the groups that you, you are and discuss them. Uh, decide, and all, everybody part, gets a chance to participate, so we've got participation going. Um, select, make a decision as to who's going to present the material, and then you can come up to the mic and present for three minutes, and we'll just carry on through the 12, and then we'll summarize, and we'll take a break, and then we'll come back for the, um, I, have, I have some thoughts I wanted to share with you about uh, how AA can work in the 90s and the changing environment that we live in. And I shared some of these thoughts with some of the conference people. Some of them, it, it's, it's, it's not a repetition of what I said at the conference because I really wanted to talk to you about some of the things that we have in common. And, um, and then we have a panel. We'll take a break after that. Then we have a panel uh, to just do a little sharing. So why don't you take seven minutes now and break up into your groups, and then we'll come back. Goes off by itself and discusses the agendas for each of the committees and then comes back to the, the main room for discussion and gets up and reports their findings. And um, you noticed that um, Ozzy brought in Griff and uh, the little ones there because I think they felt we were getting too serious about all this concept stuff and uh, they wanted to throw a few marbles around the floor to tell us what they thought of it. <laughs> but I think the first um, group uh, one who was talking about concept one uh, establishes for us what is the overriding guideline for um, dealing with world service, for carrying the AA message to the world. And representing that group we have this morning, Michael. 
I am Mike, I'm an alcoholic. The final responsibility and the ultimate authority for AA World Services should always reside in the collective conscience of the whole fellowship. Um, we had discussed uh, the fact that um, this upside-down pyramid is supposed to uh, carry the uh, group conscious, that, uh, that being God passing through all of the members and th through all of the groups down to the, uh, to the conference, and that um, this spiritualized society should be enough uh, enlightened and enough responsible and enough love to, uh, to, to guide us along and through. And um, I, I had seen the negative in this, uh, in that uh, that people would not be responsible enough on a local level, on a group level, to be able to uh, to care and and to uh, to be able to have that input, that vote, so that the the, the flow would would occur. And uh, knowing that uh, God's got to work through all of us to to make this fellowship work. Is, is really what, uh, what I think that uh, Bill and Bob were talking about initially, that, you know, it's not the person that's at the top or the people that are at the top. It's, it's the, uh, the spirit that moves through us that's, that's ultimately going to happen. The, uh, the Michael makes such a good point here. If you can remember that example, I mean, that, that worked for me, that Michelangelo shot of God touching man's hand and then the recovering alcoholic reaching out to touch the rest of the world. I mean, that essentially is it, because we're here today in East Dorset, and you say, well, what relationship do we have to the conference and to carrying this message? We have a really important relationship, because your voice can make the difference. I never understood early in sobriety how important I was, that I could make a difference to people's lives, until people would say to me sometimes at meetings when I'd walk in the door, they'd say, God, you don't have to say anything, Des. All you got to do is walk in the door. And I said to myself, yeah, yeah, sure, I know, I know, I know. But I didn't, I didn't think enough of myself to accept that until one day I saw somebody walk in the door and my whole life lit up. I mean, there was something about that human being and their contribution to service and their story and their AA message that impacted me just by that. So you, all of us, have an incredible power in carrying this message. And this is what Michael is talking about. Uh, just in closing, the, uh, the connection to uh, Tradition 2, the trusted servants, uh, as Des was saying a little bit earlier, should be able to stop, look, and listen, and, and feel and hear what it is that the groups are saying and be able to carry that through and cast that vote at, at, the, at the other levels. That's it. Good Thank you. Okay, now because it's impossible to go and poll, you know, millions of alcoholics every year, um, the conference gets together, the elected delegates from all around the country, and they come together for a week in New York, usually in April, and they spend the week discussing the points that have been raised by the fellowship. And I'll give you some examples of how, how, how a... Uh, an idea. I said you're important. How does an idea that you have get carried into the conference discussion? So we have group number two talking about uh, the establishment of the conference with uh, Marion.
Good morning and aloha. My name is Mary and I'm an alcoholic and my home group is Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii. Thank you. Concept two. When in 1955 the AA groups confirmed the permanent charter for their general service conference, they thereby delegated to the conference complete authority for the active maintenance of our world services and thereby made the conference accepting for any change in the 12 traditions or in Article 12 of the Conference Charter, the actual voice and the effective conscience for our whole society. When I read that yesterday, it was gobbledygook. We met, we talked, I read, I studied, I gave up the beautiful sing-along inside, and it was still gobbledygook. But it was getting a little easier. Just before I fell asleep, I said to God, Help. And as usual, I got a little message this morning. And so did John and so did Joseph, apparently, because we all came out with the same kind of thinking. Uh, step two, the steps show us or show me the way to live individually, as an individual. The traditions show me how to live in a group. The concepts show me how to live in the world. Okay, what am I talking about? Step two says the ultimate authority is a power greater than myself. That's a God of my understanding. Tradition two, for our purposes, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as the way he may express himself in our group conscience. So while we have the group conscience, the ultimate authority is still God. World services is what we are dealing with in the concept. The AA groups delegated to the conference complete authority for active maintenance of our world services and thereby made the conference actual voice and effective conscience of our society. The ultimate authority and responsibility is delegated by the group to the GSO conference. Okay, now what does all those words mean? I took the words drunk junk. I don't know if you people have enjoyed drunk junk as much as we have in Hawaii. There's been worlds and worlds of words have happened about drunk junk. On the individual level, drunk junk. I had the beautiful experience this morning of going to Bill Wilson's grave for the first time and sitting on the grave was a chip, a nine-month chip. I don't cry anymore. As soon as I said that, of course, as soon as I said never, I was weeping. I was weeping. It was very beautiful. My group made a decision that we will give out chips, that we give out chips and that we give out uh, birthday chips. Your group may not make that decision. Now what happened with the World Service Conference? At the, the General Service Conference, this is for the world. A decision was made this year, to the best of my knowledge, about drunk junk. We will not manufacture drunk junk. It is not within the purview of AA to do that. What does that mean to me as an individual? I can still take my chip. My group can still give out chips. And what the world, by delegating the authority to the World Service, what's happened is I no longer have to worry about it. 
AA is going to be there for my grandchildren, and now I'm looking towards the future, towards my great-grandchildren. It will be there because AA is ensuring its continued existence through the World Service Conference, through the General Service Conference, that drunk junk is not within our purview. So I am relieved of that responsibility, and as a result of that relief, I can work on my sobriety and what I'm supposed to be doing, which is carrying the message to those who still suffer. Thank you. Thanks so much, Marion, and, and Group 2. You know, the, uh, I'm wearing this ring, which has a circle and triangle on it, and uh, I never would wear it as a trustee because uh, I, liked it. I liked it a lot, and Janelle gave it to me, uh, and, and it, mean a lot, it meant a lot to me, but because we, the, the board had said, you know, this is our copyrighted uh, symbol and our logo, um, and you shouldn't be manufacturing it outside of uh, us because we own the, copy, we own the logo, I, I couldn't wear it. But the decision was made, I believe, at the conference last year to give up the, the circle and triangle logo because it was, it was causing too, much, uh, too many fights. And it, and, and it became too valuable. Essentially, it became a property. And uh, George Dorsey, who was the general manager, I had dinner with him uh, a few weeks ago, and he said, you know, that decision just sprang forth from the conference. It was something that, that was uh, nobody expected to happen. But that's what happened. And it's another example of the poverty of spirit that AA brings to the world. Now, what I'd like to do is we've established that the conference is... And let me give you another example of how something gets from you to the conference. I alluded to that uh, rap video a few minutes ago. I don't know if any of you have seen that. But uh, the Public Information Committee had gotten a request to produce a videotape for uh, teenagers. And we spent a lot of time and um, you know, brought in a designer, uh, saw storyboards, uh, got uh, a pilot film approved by uh, one conference, got their authority to go back and finish the film. I came up with a beautiful uh, film about young people in AA. That's what it's called, as a matter of fact, young people in AA. And it takes the stories of three people, one in Massachusetts, a young fellow in Massachusetts, um, somebody else out in, in Denver, Colorado, I believe, and somebody from an inner city. There's three, there's four of them actually. And tells the story of how it was, um, what happened, how, how they got into AA, and what it's like now. So it's perfect, perfect work in conformity with the traditions and the steps. We then got a letter from groups in Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York that said, this is a great film. But, you know, it doesn't talk to the inner-city kids in our ghettos. It just doesn't have... It's, it's, it's too slick. It's too, uh, uh, it's, it's too high bottom. It's the same problem I'm going to talk about a little later, about how the early AAs, who were low bottoms, began to attract the high bottoms. So it's, it's the reverse. So we went back to the drawing board. We, we, first of all, we got that recommendation as a trustees conference, the one that's working 365 days a year. We got those letters in. 
And whoever was chairing it, whether it was me or somebody else, read the letter and said, hey, this really has merit. What do you think? So the ten members of the committee discussed it like we just did here. And everybody has a vote. So the chairman's vote is worth one. And so you vote on, should we take this to the conference committee? Which is what our recommendation was. So, <clears throat> knowing nothing about this, except for the people from Chicago and Los Angeles and New York, that letter with the recommendation, the three letters or whatever it was, goes to the conference committee. The conference committee goes through the same process. And it's, it's not an easy discussion. Not everybody agrees that you need an inner city film. So there you have it. So they finally come back to the conference and they say, yeah, we recommend that the trustees' public information committee work this year to develop a prototype film which can answer the needs of the inner cities for a young people's film. So we work, we get a, we get a, um, a video producer, produce a three-minute segment of what will be a 20-minute film using, uh, we went through a lot of different approaches, and we finally discovered that rap music is a music that's here to stay. It talks to inner city kids, white, black, yellow, green, whatever. And we produced a three-minute pilot. Now, the average age of the conference members is like about 56. <laughs> Their average length of sobriety is about 14. I mean, they are about as far removed from the inner city in many, many instances, with the exception of a few, as anybody could be. But the fact is, you can experience this, the, the higher power at work because this group looked at this alien videotape with these guys with the rap music and the drums and the bongos and the, and the rings in the ear and all the rest of it. And they said, go do it. Go to the next step. So we go to the next step. And in the... Uh, the recommendations of the PI committee uh, from the conference for that year, uh, here's what it says. Um, the video directed at young alcoholics. And let me tell you, this was not an easy one. Because the next conference comes back. Now remember, the next conference is not the same as the conference that approved the three-minute pilot. Because... Half the delegates have our new delegate. Because the delegate serves for two years in a staggered system. So every year, there's a whole crop of new delegates. So they haven't been privy to all this discussion. They haven't been privy to the pros and cons. They've got a right to decide. They've got a right to vote. They've got a right to say no. They've got a right to get up to that mic and say, this is baloney. This rap music is a violation of everything. And some of them did. Because they certainly felt that way. And we listened, and, and we respected what they had to say. And then the other side talked, and the discussion went on. The film was shown to the entire conference. Because once this recommendation is made, here's what the recommendation says. The video directed to young alcoholics be approved for distribution with one editing change. Delete the segment at approximately 3 minutes, 23 seconds of the tape, that appears to show a drug, a guy looks like he was passing a drug to somebody else. And that's one of the no-nos in AA videos right now. You never 
they don't care whether drugs are part of people's stories. They figure the primary purpose is best served by not showing drugs in those situations. Although everybody understands that in the inner city there are this drug abuse, which shows a drug transaction during a street scene, and add the anonymity disclaimer that appears at the beginning of the video to the closing credits. At the very beginning, uh, there was uh, superimposed on the screen, um, this film has been shot in conformity with AA's principle of anonymity. So any full faces you see on the screen, I mean, the people who were singing, they weren't members of AA, they were just singers. So any full faces you see there are not members of AA currently. And... Um, <laughs> I don't know if they said currently. <laughs> so anyhow, the film gets shown to the entire conference. And now, now, 120 people have a shot at it. So you've gone through three years of work to get to a conference, many of whom have never seen it, the film. Everybody, almost everybody at the conference hasn't seen the film. I mean, the PI committees have seen the film. Um, Maybe some of the staff had seen the film. I don't know. But you got 100 people. you got $75,000 invested in this thing. And this can go either way. Because if this doesn't carry the message of Alcoholics Anonymous in the judgment of these people who are 56-year-old who live mostly in suburbia to inner-city black, white, yellow, green kids, this is Nick's. So that recommendation is made. The film is shown, and then because you have a recommendation, and a second to the recommendation, it gets discussed for maybe half hour, 45 minutes. Everybody has a chance to say whatever they want. They don't like it. They like it. They think it's good art. They think it's rotten art. They think it violates the principles. They think it's too sexy. They think it's this. They think it's that. And then you come to a final vote. Do you approve this or not approve it? And the final vote was substantial unanimity to approve it. So that's how... The things that we do here get to that conference. It may take three or four years to get there because AA moves two steps forward and one back. That's just the way our progress goes because we didn't get sober in a hurry. We took a long time to, to become a drunk. And so they're not going to rush because traditions and steps and concepts are the key spiritual values that we're talking about. We're not talking about $75,000, $100,000, a movie. That's not the issue. The issue is the miracle of sobriety. How do we carry it? Now, so we've established that the conscience is the key, that the conference is the way that gets implemented. Did you, have, did you want to ask a question? Somebody want to ask a question? Uh, what is the constitution of that conference, which is going to bring all these groups together to decide on things just like I've uh, discussed? So that's group 12. We're talking about the warranties. Group. Of course. Where did it come from? Came from the groups. Yeah, the, the, the first step in that was letters came in to the Trustees Public Information Committee from Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, from the groups. The committee said pass this on to the conference committee. The conference committee said, this is a good idea. Back to the trustees committee to operate on it, work on it during the course of the year and show something to the next conference. The next conference then says,
go ahead, take that pilot, three minutes, make it 25 minutes. The next conference says that 25 minutes is good, distribute it. No. It does, in essence, because the groups have elected the delegates. So the conference which approved this recommendation were representatives of the groups. Oh, yeah. It's available. You can write in and get it. It costs 20 bucks or something. Okay. 12. Group 12. Now, what we're doing now is describing the principal elements that go into how the conference is to work. Shari. Okay. Hi, I'm Shari. I'm alcoholic. Um, concept 12 is the six warranties. Um, the uh, warranties essentially try to guarantee that AA will, will, will be there. The warranties are also essentially cast in stone. Uh, Bill has written that they can be... Uh, they can be amended only the way this, the 12 steps and the 12 traditions can be amended. And that's by, uh, I quote, written, written consent to three-quarters of all AA groups. Um, these are the permanent bonds that hold the conference fast to the movement that it serves, it says here. Warranty one, I've, I've written a few little notes here, uh, relates to, I have down seventh tradition and the second tradition. Um, the seventh tradition protects us against the accumulation of too much money, and the second tradition stating that our ultimate authority is but a loving God and our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern, that they keep us safe from perilous power. It's, warranty one says the conference shall never become the seat of perilous power, or wealth or power. Uh, warranty two, I've written prudent reserve. Um, it says... It talks about sufficient operating funds plus an ample reserve should be its prudent financial pr principle. Um, the reserve fund should be one full year's operating expenses of the GSO and the grapevine. And uh, what I didn't know is the reserve fund comes almost entirely from income from the sale of AA literature, which is also used to make up the deficit between our group contributions and uh, the cost of the group services. Warranty three, I've written if down... Could, uh, sorry, uh, if I could just interrupt for a second. I'll tell you, if you want to get a discussion going, talk to alcoholics about money. Because the conference can be going along, you know, really mellow. Everybody's really mellowed out. And then somebody says, what are you guys there in New York doing with uh, $7 million in the bank? I mean, my group can't even pay its rent. What are you doing with seven million bucks in the bank? And, you know, these concepts have been here for a long time. The idea of establishing a prudent reserve is not something that the trustees who are currently serving invented. They don't get anything personally out of it. The fact is that a fact of life and, this, and so this, this discussion can go on for three and four hours, I, I've got to tell you. And people browbeating, the, because despite everything we try to do, um, New York, in some people's minds, is a bad place. And those damn New Yorkers, you know, are trying to run this thing again, and they never stop doing that. And it, it starts there many times. I think what happens in the course of the week 
they get to meet some of these damn New Yorkers, and the damn New Yorkers get a chance to meet some of the people in the, del- the delegates. And then in the course of the year, through the forums, where we establish forums, is to try to stop this them and us mentality. Because it's not them and us, it's us. It's all us. So, there is some of that. Some people do come from a place of suspicion and a place of fear and a place of mistrust. But the conference is so powerful and AA is so strong that that's fine. We can talk about that and it gets chopped, you know. You voice it. You talk about your fear. And nobody says they're afraid. But you can hear it. You can hear it in the person's voice. What are we doing with all this money? Six million dollars. Huh. That's an unimaginable amount of money. Well, you've got 20 million dollar corporations that have to function to bring the AA message throughout the world. Not just New York and the United States and Canada and Mexico and Asia and the Far, and the far East and Europe. All those places is what our charge is. Now, if something should happen, all this concept is saying is you've got to give yourself some room. We don't want AA to go out of business because the service structure is supported as a non-profit business. We don't want the AA service structure to go out of business overnight. We want to give it a year to go out of business knowing that in the year AA is going to come through and if that had been appealed to the AA groups all around the world, I mean, we'd have more money than we could know what to do with. So what happens when that reserve fund gets to be 15 million or could become 15 million? What do they do? They cut the prices of literature as best they can. So you try to adjust it that way. And they always screw it up. They always cut the prices too, hot, too low. So then the next year they're going to make an appeal for more money because we don't have enough money. But I mean, that's the way we are. Uh, warranty three. I've written uh, no bosses. Um, and I quote, none of the conference members shall ever be placed in a position of unqualified authority over any of the others. Even though this is mentioned in the fourth concept, uh, it was felt that it was so important that it was put into the third warranty. Warranty four. I've written group conscience. Um, while a majority has to uh, to uh, take precedent, it says here that um, a safeguard against any hasty or overbearing authority of a simple majority, and on the other hand, it takes notice of the rights and frequent wisdom of minorities, however small. So this principle guarantees that uh, all matters of importance will, will be decided by a very heavy majority that can support every critical decision. The, uh, for example, example, at these actions, you know, a conference recommendation has to be two-thirds. If it's a simple majority, it's not considered a conference recommendation. And each of the individual entities, the, the, uh, the committees, the corporations, and the trustee, general service board, operate the same way. That, um, for example, as a trustee, we would make a decision. The 21 members of the, of the trustee board make a decision. If that was... Um, you know, if, if the vote was just a simple majority by one person, we'd go back and caucus again with the knowledge that 
that it's probably going to carry the same way. Remember that. And arrive at a substantial unanimity, which means more than two-thirds. The vote on Russia. We talked about the vote on Russia yesterday. Um, should we go to Russia or not go to Russia at their invitation? Does that mean allegiance to the... To the, uh, to the